0: American corn farmers, a proud and chosen profession inspired through generations. Tested, resilient, and committed to giving back as much as they're growing. Pushing the boundaries of what's possible with every bushel, while replenishing every increasingly precious resource, like the reduction of soil loss by 40% with every acre grown. In a world where sustainability matters more than ever, we need all the help we can get. And there's no greater resource than the capable hands of American corn farmers. Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi Originals, Howard High, and Pass the Mic. Tubi. Watch free. And welcome to the Royals Rundown Podcast, a Say It Again Network podcast. If you're a fan of the Kansas City Royals or baseball in general, please subscribe to the podcast. We provide game analysis, previews, reactions, and much more. I am Jacob Milham and joining me as always is the beat of Kansas City, Lucas Murphy. Lucas, how are you doing tonight?
1: I'm doing fantastic. Uh, We got Thursday Night Football on, finally a great matchup. Uh, we have the ability to talk baseball yet again with another amazing guest, so you can't ask more from me. I'm, I'm super
0: stoked. Heck yeah, we've uh, we, we've had a pretty lucky run with our guests, and uh, let, let's hope our guest tonight, David Lesky, can keep the good luck going. David, how are you doing tonight? Well, I'm good, but that's that's a lot to uh, to live up to now, and now <laughs> now I feel like no I. I feel like I feel added weight on my shoulders now. <laughs> I mean, I know you had uh Ben Cooter last week and, and, you know, I, I'm I'm no Ben Cooter now. <laughs> <laughs> You're hitting oh, cleanup, David. That's,
1: that's why oh, that's we got you.
0: Heck yeah, David. Well, Hey, look, we are, we're just here. To talk some Royals baseball. You know, it's, it's October. It's world series time. And uh, yet again, the Royals are nowhere in the picture. So we got to make some, uh, make some chat. There's a lot of Royals in the picture. Yeah. Oh, former Royals. <laughs> a lot of former Royals and insert Jorge Soler here. <laughs> Solaire. Soler, Grinky, Brent Strom. Come on. Oh, oh man. There, That's there's, a deep cut. A <laughs> there's a lot of Omaha storm chasers alumni yeah. in, the, yeah. in the world series this year. <clears throat> But uh, but I digress from that. Well, look, I'm, I'm just going to jump right into it, guys. It's, it's Thursday. They just dropped the finalists for the Gold Glove Awards. And, you know, to the Royals' positive side, there are four finalists. But we're going to start off on that one person that I think we all agree should have at least been a finalist who is not at shortstop Nikki Lopez. Yep. <laughs> and uh, if, if you follow Lucas Murphy on Twitter at the beat of Kansas city, he, uh, you know, he provided his little edit on the, on the announcement graphics. So uh, so <laughs> please go check that out because I certainly think that should have been the final graphic to go out. Um, David, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll just get the negative out of the way. What, why do you think Nikki wasn't wasn't in the top three? I don't know. Honestly, I mean, there, there's, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in the top three. Um, yeah, the, the gold glove I looked at, I said, 2015, when we were talking off the air, but 2013, they added a defensive metric portion to the, to the winners. And so, um, I think it's like three fourths is by vote. One fourth by, by defensive metrics by defensive run saved Nikki Lopez pretty much ranks around average, and that is literally the only reason I can think of. Because outs above average on baseball, Savant, he's the best in baseball. It's not just the best at shortstop; he's the best in baseball at every single position. Like, <laughs> not not just the best. Like, not just, I'm not just saying it. Not just the best shortstop, the best defensive player in baseball, and he's not a Gold Glove finalist, which. And again, you, know, you know the Gold Glove finalists, of course. Any finalist for awards now? They started doing this a few years ago. Is is just the top three vote getters. So it's it's not like they're not actually still voting on the award, but still, it's he didn't finish in the top three. And and the same thing happened last year. Until Flanny uh, <laughs> tweeted it. At, at, I think it was at Rawlings. Oh, he made a mistake, and it, it turned out he tied for third, and he was because it's the top three. If you if you forget somebody, it's because they tied for third, and and they're not winning. So. You know, even if we have those dreams that they come out and say, Hey, we forgot Nicky Lopez doesn't mean he won. Um, but that that's the only reason why I could see it is, is if they use defensive run save, which I think is a perfectly appropriate and fine metric. It's just not the only metric. And and if if that's what kept him out, then they need to open up the, the metrics that they look at. Because I think baseball Saban come out with like this that's above average is <clears throat> it's a really interesting different look at defense. And I think that we we've seen defensive metrics be, be a little bit, um, I don't want to say wonky, but it, you know, we, we see that the general consensus is it takes two or three years for them to stabilize. Well, are you really going to be putting a quarter of an award into a metric that takes three years to stabilize? I, you know, I, I feel like you should, you should be looking as much as possible. And, and I <clears throat> clearly they're not clearly the voting didn't work out for him. It's just, it, it's a mistake, simple, plain and simple.
1: My assumption is, is that he's just going to bypass the gold glove aspect and we're just going to see him nominated for the platinum glove. So <laughs> I, I, I'm wishful thinking, I'm hoping that that's probably the case and maybe they're just going to shock us all by doing that because <laughs> of that. But, um, you know, in all honesty, in reality though, I think that it it is, I, I to me, it's just kind of mind blowing that he wasn't even in the top three, like. Like you said, in that statistic, he's the best in all of baseball yet. You know, it just seems like it just went unnoticed. And again, is that a small market thing? Is that something that I don't know? That's just because a lot of people, you know, the way Whit Merrifield started out the season, didn't imagine him being on this list and he's on this list. So I don't know. It's it's kind of it's kind of weird just to see Nikki not on there for me.
0: Yeah, I really, um, I mean this, this, the Royals fan in me, I really thought Nikki was one of the strongest candidates to win it outright. Um, but it really seemed like he was a consensus finalist at the very least, even outside of the Kansas city fan base. Um, people really saw what Nikki was doing in that long airless streak that he had this, this year, that was, that was huge. For this Royals team, it really got the team back down to this nitty gritty defensive ball mindset that the fans have really missed since the competitive days. Just, oh, yeah. just to throw another stat out there. I mean, his outs above average alone, he's he's 20. He's got 24. That's four more than second place. And what Carlos Correa he has 12. I mean, he, he's the other finalist and Nikki Lopez doubled what another finalist did. I mean, come come on. I mean, if you if you want to honestly, Anderson Simmons didn't belong there. I don't think he's there on reputation. Um, exactly. I think Isaiah Kinerfiletha has has a pretty decent argument too. He I think he got he got snubbed a little bit as well. So it, it's just, you know, we go back to the gold glove and we were talking about this off the air too. Rafael Palmero won it in 99, played 28 games in the field. It's uh, that that's what you need to know about the award. It's, it's a popularity contest that they've tried to make a little bit more statistical, but it, it hasn't uh, worked out. And, you know, we say this as like you said, there's four Royals nominated. <laughs> there, there, and, and I think Michael a. Taylor is going to win. I, I would, I think Salvi's going to win because he usually does when he's up there. Um, and um, I, I, I think Witt's going to win. I think he's got a shot. I, I don't think Benintendi is going to win, even though the numbers actually indicate he has a should have a real good shot. But um, I mean, the, the the Fielding Bible Awards came out today too, and that's a much I think a much more um, appropriate look <laughs> at, at defensive <laughs> players and. Um, it, it's all a baseball. So you, you, you lose out on the ALNL thing, but Michael a. Taylor and Whit Merrifield won that award. So I, I think that that's, you know, they're, they're going to win some gold gloves at least, but I still, it's still sometimes a very silly award. And with Nikki Lopez not being nominated and he's not in the top three, that that's, I think it makes a silly award. Yeah. Hey David, I was going to ask you, do you think it
1: is a little bit surprising that Ben attendees on that on this list, or is that something that you kind of
0: maybe anticipated? So if you had asked me a month ago, I would have said, yeah, I'm shocked. But as I was looking around, you know, it heading into the off season, um, you kind of start to, you guys know this, you start to gather ideas of what you're going to write about, talk, all this stuff. And I just, I pour over the numbers basically. And I say, okay, I kind of get, you kind of make a game plan in your head. Right. And, and, what I noticed was that Ben and defensive numbers were way better than I thought they were. I mean, you watch him during the season and, you know, Oh, he made that great. He, there were a few great diving catches he made. I, I mean, there, there's some in that first series of the year, he made one on, on that Saturday game. Um, and then they kind of continued did really well going to his left on, on mm-hmm. that, you know, something like that, but you don't realize how good he actually was by the metrics. And I mean, he was, he was the top of the league in, in defensive run save for left fielders. Um, his arm was way better than I thought it was. Like he's a, he's a scenario where the numbers don't cat match the eye, the eye tests, I guess. Yeah. And so when I was going through all that, I realized, Oh, he had a really good season. And so today I'm not surprised, but a month ago before I started doing that absolutely would have been shocked. (laughs) (laughs) Well, the reason I ask you that too, is because I
1: think, I mean, we're all aware that it's coming up, that he's going to need a contract. And I think this is something that aids into that kind of being a noticeable thing. Like, Hey, I'm not just this. I am kind of a utility when it comes to being that ball player, I can provide a bat when need be, but I can also play defense. And, um, you know, what are your thoughts on his next contract? Do you think that this is really kind of boosting that for, you know, a talking point?
0: Yeah. I mean, look, it, it helps. Um, and yeah. he's an arbitration and, and gold gloves, Finalist, all that stuff, it 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 all plays into arbitration numbers. Which you know, if if the Royals say, okay, we want to keep Andrew and long term, they want to get it done before arbitration because he, made mean, six point six million in twenty twenty one Royals only paid I think two point eight million of that. The Red Sox covered the rest, but he, he, they probably aren't going to want to pay him twelve million in twenty twenty two. I think that they'd be fine with paying him forty million over the next three years, but I think they'd much rather, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe I'm wrong. Maybe I, maybe they should front load it. Honestly, <laughs> looking ahead to the to future seasons, but, um, I, I think it probably makes a long-term deal more likely. Um, yeah. not significantly. I mean, it moves the needle from 55% to 57%, but Hey, that's yeah. more that <laughs> 57 is more than 55. So, um, yeah, I think that I think it helps him. Um, And and at the very least it helps Ben intending arbitration because you get to this point and arbitration is all about the numbers that you're not going to see talked about too often in, in modern front offices, but they still use them. So um, it's going to, it's going to bump his salary at the very least. And I, I I don't know. I I think ultimately I think the Royals want to keep him. I think they liked what he did. I think he liked it in Kansas city. Um, So yeah, I think that there's, I, I think there's a mutual benefit there. And then, you know, being up there for this gold glove, it doesn't hurt him at all.
1: Yeah. Uh, this will be my final piece uh, real quick. Jacob on that is I just don't feel he fits personally in like a big, big market type ball club. Like I feel like maybe Boston, obviously that's a decent size market, but I just feel like that was a peak for him. And I think he would play better. And, and we kind of started seeing that in a smaller market. And I'm wondering if maybe he got a sense of that, And like you said, maybe enjoyed it here. And hopefully he does look to sign a long-term contract here. And, um, he's a Cincinnati guy. So, I mean, that's,
0: he's from the mid Midwest ish. Yeah, how you want to define the Midwest, (laughs) but yeah. Um, yeah, I think that he's, uh, I, yeah, I think he, I think he fits in Kansas city. Well, I think he'd fit in Milwaukee and and maybe Chicago, you know, it's a bigger city, but more Midwest. But Yeah. yeah, I think that there's, um, I, I I do agree that there's a, it's, it's a nice mutual relationship there for sure. Yeah. And that's, and that's certainly something that we could go deeper in in the future, especially as the off season evolves. But I, I fully agree with you, Lucas, um, you know, Benny, he's, he played college ball down at Arkansas and, you know, he, he was a phenom coming out of there, but, you know, maybe just the pace and the, I guess maybe the media pressure would be a good way to put it. It's maybe it's just right for him. And maybe he just feels comfortable here Uh, that that might play into, Hey, I really want to be here for a while and just enjoy my time and play some baseball. But I, I digress. You know, you know what I failed to do guys. I failed to actually uh, list off all the gold glove finalists that the Royals have because uh, you know, we're, we're all still focused on Nikki Lopez. So o- <laughs> overall in left field, you got Andrew Benatendi, Uh, You got second baseman, Whit Merrifield, center fielder, Michael A. Taylor and catcher, Salvador Perez. Um, David, let's look, let's just kind of condense it down a little bit. Um, out of those four, who do you think has the best chance to win it? Uh, but I think there, I think Merrifield and, and Taylor probably both will. Um, I think Taylor has got the best chance though, because He's had the best season. It, there, there is no metric you look at that Mike Clay Taylor wasn't better than everybody else. <laughs> it's, it's, it's as simple as that. And I think that uh, he, he was outstanding defensively. You can argue about his offense all day, but that's not what the gold loves about. And so um, I think he's got the best chance, but I, I really think that there's a pretty good chance. They walk away with three again, which they used to do regularly in the, the Hosmer uh Hosmer Perez and then somebody else it was never Lorenzo Kane, oddly enough but uh yeah it's uh I, I think they have a pretty good shot to get three and and but if, if, if you ask me the one I think it's Mike Clay Taylor is the best shot. Lucas what about you? Um I'm gonna
1: go a little different just because um I, I'm gonna stick with Salvador Perez and I think uh it's just because uh of the year that he had as a whole and I think that they'll kind of take that in consideration as well. And um, I think for the amount of games that he played too, uh, it's something to take into consideration as a catcher. And so I'm going to go with Salvador Perez, even though it, my my really, really one that I'm like hoping, hoping happens is Whit Merrifield. But I think more of a
0: lock would be Salvador Perez, just in my opinion. You know, we, we were talking a little bit more about about that, um, off air. And I, I think Lucas, you and I will we'll talk about that more in the future about, uh, yeah. you know, how Salvi's kind of 2021 season behind the plate has just been absolutely marred by this framing yeah. issue, quote unquote issue. Um, but just to, to stick to the topic at hand, um, <laughs> I, I, am going to say wit wet Merrifield. Um, I mean, frankly. And Lucas, this is where our rant starts right here. Yeah, I I kind of think it's ridiculous that people want to suggest moving him to right field. Yeah. Um, because when you have that elite level um, glove at second base, why, why are you going to move him for, you know, 40 games out of Aldebert Del at third base? I mean, there's, there's so many different infield, combinations that they could put there. But in my mind, I think wit has to stay there. And I really think that wit winning a gold glove, um, would, would really just cement that in fans minds. Um, I do, I do want to point out, you know, David, you brought up the, the fielding Bible awards earlier on with Michael A. Taylor, um, and in theirs, Witt Merrifield and Michael A. Taylor both won their positions. Uh, but I do want to say that those were two of the three positions that were quote unquote, extremely close in voting. So um, I mean, we, we can look at it all you want. I mean, shoot, I'm looking at this wit beat out Marcus Simeon by three total voting points. Like it was, it was really close. So it, it, it's a toss up, but that's just how these postseason awards go. For sure. David, do you have anything else you want to say on the gold gloves? Um, no, I mean, I think that, uh, you know, the, the thing about going back to the feeling Bible with Michael A. Taylor, it was close, but he beat out Harrison Bader. It was not close with anybody in the American league, which is why, that's why I still think he's, he's the lock. Um, but yeah, I think it, Whit, it's got an uphill battle. Marcus Simeon is, has the, um, the name Cachet from being a, a great shortstop, which is crazy that he became a great shortstop. Nobody, yeah. I don't know if you guys even remember this. I I I had forgotten it until a couple of weeks ago, um, when Ron Washington's name got brought up for the Padre's managerial opening. And he turned Semyon from a from an absolutely terrible shortstop. Like that, like they were talking about, well, can he play left field? Can he play maybe third base? into a gold glove shortstop who the Blue Jays then moved to second for Bo Bichette, who's fine. They should, I think they made the wrong decision, but that's, that's whatever. Um, but yeah, I, I think that that's going to be an interesting, interesting, um, vote there when we see the final, I think it's what two weeks probably, I think is when they announced them, um, out there. So, yeah, I think that that'll be, that'll be interesting to see because Semien's got that name value. It's right. crazy
1: to see how Ron Washington can just work an infielder. I mean, look I what know. he's done with Aussie Albies. I mean, the list of on. Austin goes Riley, yes. Austin Riley was a butcher,
0: yes. and yeah. now I mean, he's not. He's not great. He's he's above average, I think, slightly. Yeah, because
1: remember they they were tossing him out in like left field a few times. Yeah. Just and it was a bad shot. there too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it's just that hey, Ron is good at what he does. You see him out there yeah. with the little boards and they're working, you know, soft hop uh, or short hops and everything. Yeah. He's good.
0: He'll, he'll be due for a raise here before too long. I know yeah. to lie. He'll make that uh he'll make the Braves open up their, uh, their pocketbooks. Um. So David, you gotta, you, you gotta tell us, man, you're, you're all over the place right now hear you every now and then on, on Kansas city, local sports radio, uh, see on Royals review, but your personal project is personally my, my favorite. Yes. Um, can, can you tell the listeners about what you do over there inside the crown? Yeah. Um, well, first of all, thank you. Um, <laughs> nice that you're nice. that I'm your favorite. Uh, <laughs> but, uh, yeah, so yeah, this, this goes way back when, when I been gosh, 11, 12 years now, Um, I actually, I got, I worked in an ad agency right when the recession hit and I got laid down, laid off. And, um, I was, I mean, I was working elsewhere, but I wasn't getting to use my, my writing skills. And I said, I'm going to start writing about the Royals. And so I started this little blog and I remember there was one day I got 25 views and I was like, so excited about it because it was, I hit 25, like that's, it's crazy. And that kind of grew to, I moved on and I worked with uh, Greg Schaum over on pine tar press for a long time. He used to be the pre and post host on uh, Six Ten for the Royals. And then now he's a, he's an agent. He's got, he's got some clients who are going to be hitting the big leagues this year, I think, uh, or next year, I guess. Um, and then yeah, moved on to baseball prospectus and, and then Royals review. And then I, but yeah, I, I really wanted to get back to just doing it for me. And it, working on a site with a lot of other people, there's a lot of benefit to that. And and I'm still part of the baseball perspectives community. And so if, if I can, if I want to get a stat, sometimes I can, I can slide in there and say, Hey, can you pull <laughs> this up for me? Don't tell anybody. Um, so that's great. And I get to put my preseason predictions in there and have everybody forget by October, how wrong I was and all that. But I want to do this just for, for me. And so, you know, the big trend right now is the newsletters, right? It's, it's, getting out there. You can put it in people's inbox every single morning. Um, it, it, it's an opportunity. And eventually I'll, you know, right now it's free, but there's an opportunity to make some money on it and, and, and be able to, to monetize this glorified hobby, honestly, that, that I've, that I've had. And so, yeah, so I started this back in, you know what, it was the day before the Ben and trade. Actually, I did not, I, I had an, it was a, they made the trade on a Wednesday night. Um, no, you know what? It was the day after Ben and trade I was planning on <laughs> doing it. And so they made the trade on a Wednesday night and I had my first post ready for Thursday morning. And I was like, well, I, I can't do that now. <laughs> I, have to, I have to fix this. And so, um, <clears throat> yeah, it, it's been, it's been awesome. Um, there are times I feel like when it, it was like, Hey, I, I told, you know Max at Royals Review. I'm going to have a post up, so I got. It. I have to write this. I don't feel that, and it's not nothing against Royals Review or Max or anybody, but it's this is it's for me, and it's. You know, I don't know if you guys follow Seth Seth Kaiser, who is the Chief of the North no. newsletter, um, but he and I have talked quite a bit about this. And and it, one thing he wrote, this was back in like March, March, maybe March or April. Um, he was talking about how successful his newsletter had been, and he said it was nice to not have to worry about the SEO and not have to worry about, Oh, I'm, if I lose readers from writing too long, and, which is all, and these are all things you hear working on a network. And, you know, I, sometimes I want to write 3000 words on the most mundane topics. And if you don't want to read it, okay, <laughs> cool. <laughs> yeah. that's, that's great. This, some people will, some people won't, and that's fine. Um, and so it's just been, it's been a, a just a really awesome experience for me. And, in gro- growing over the last ten years and kind of building a, a network and and a very the tiniest bit of notoriety from being on the radio occasionally um it's uh it's grown i'm i'm thankful for everybody who subscribed and i hope hope when people do subscribe they'll stay subscribed and 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 maybe maybe throw the the money at my way when i when i go to paid which just it's going to come, I'm going to Arizona for spring training. So, but when I leave, that's when it's going to start costing. Um, I feel like that's, that's a really good time to give people that that's worth paid content. I feel like to actually be on the ground there. So, um, yeah, my hope is that enough that people come on for the ride, also a free post. So, you know, for people who don't want to pay, that's okay too. Um, no, again, I'm kidding. I'm <laughs> kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, it, I was, it, I was it, it's, say, it's everybody's call, you know, whatever they want to, if, if people don't want to, I understand. Like money's tight for people. Money not everybody is able to spend five a month or 39 a year, whatever it, whatever it ends up being. And, you know, I, I'm I want to still put out that content for people who don't pay as well. So it'll be it'll be a hybrid. But um yeah, it's just been it's been awesome. And I'm I'm really happy that I did it. And I I wish I'd done it earlier, honestly. <laughs> yeah, I I'm um,
1: I'll admit 100 percent I joined yesterday, but I've literally went through probably at least I can't even count how many articles of yours. And oh, I think, I'm for sorry. Me, no, no, like seriously, <laughs> I think for me, it's like your flow and like how you, you draw the the reader in, because like, for me as a, just a baseball fan, like I'm excited for hearing about free agents and I'm excited to hear about anticipated trades and like, it's kind of how you walk through and do each one. I think it just makes me like get to the end and I'm like, dang, it's over. I want another one. So, <laughs> well, thank you. Uh, yeah, for real. It's, it's good content, man. And if you haven't subscribed, Dead Serious, Inside the Crown, you guys need to look, to get over there and and join up for sure. And you get a cool, I, I tagged it, uh, tagged you in the email or the post yesterday on Twitter. You get this amazing amazing email uh, when
0: you sign up. So uh, I didn't even know you there. could change that by the way until like June. And so everybody who signed up before then just got the very boring. Thank you for subscribing email. And then I was, I was just digging around in the settings one day and I was like, Oh, I can put a gif in there. Oh, I can, I can do that. And yeah. So sorry. If you subscribe before you didn't get it, but (laughs) well, I got the cool gift, So I'm happy for that. Good. good. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, David, we we really do appreciate all the, all the free content that you give us right now over inside the crown. Um, but you, you are right. I can't wait to see what you write about spring training, uh, in 2022. I know personally, I'm trying to get down there. Lucas, I know you're always down to go. So that, that would be a dream project. If you've never been, um, it's, it's awesome. And Spring training is great, but Arizona is awesome, especially in March. When you're just sick of the cold and everything, it's, it's phenomenal. So I I would highly recommend it to anybody. (laughs) Yes, sir. Yes, sir. I'll, you know what? I'm, I'm really trying to get down there next year, but we'll, we'll see how it goes. It all comes down to the almighty dollar. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) that's for sure. Well, sticking to inside the crown, um, David's most recent article, old solidifying the pitching staff looks at some pitching free agent options that are presented for the Kansas city Royals. Um, David, thank you for listing out all of the possibilities that are already within Kansas city, you know, all the way down to Lucas's favorite angel Zerpa. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, and, and, and my boy, he's fun. He's fun. Yeah. He who had another great outing in the AFL, by the way. Yes, we will certainly be talking about that more. And Asa, if you are listening, you are always welcome to join the pod. I doubt you're listening, but you're always welcome. <laughs> <laughs> but Lucas, uh, lu- looking at David's list, what do you what do you think is the best option on there?
1: Man, so I, I want to get David's thoughts on this, but I think for me, if I had to pick one, um, i like i liked how you broke down Michael Pineda. And I think, honestly, for our ballpark, I like what Pineda can provide. But my thoughts to you is, and I don't know if maybe this is something that they would even consider or if he would consider. But what about putting like John Gray in the bullpen for the Royals? Like I started thinking about that because, you know, he's he's been known to throw hard yeah. uh, and, and everything that he's it's kind of been an injury at, at times here and there that kind of lagged him. But I wonder if they could approach him. And I know that, you know, this is a a what if, but approach John Gray and just say, hey, what about joining up the bullpen and maybe, you know, combining with like
0: a Stalmont or something like that? Yeah, I mean, I I could see it. Um, This stuff definitely plays out of the bullpen. I think you'd see, he throws hard enough as a starter, I think you'd see a velocity spike. He'd probably be. I mean, just not everybody has the same spike, but 97, 98 with, with yeah. good stuff. I think that's, that's definitely a possibility. The problem with that is relievers don't make as much as starters. I mean, you look yeah. at Liam Hendricks, who was the far and away best reliever on the market last year. And he got what did he get Four and 50 something. Um, and then you look at, you look at Marcus Stroman this year has come out and said, I want six, 150 so yeah you know it's 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 one of those things that that it's just I don't know that I could necessarily see him saying I want to join the bullpen but that said the Royals have a history there's a guy you may have heard of Wade Davis um yes you know they they brought him over and they said hey you're you're in our rotation and he was bad (laughs) it was it was really bad for him and they moved him to the bullpen now the difference is he in 2012 had pitched in the bullpen with the Rays and so they had an idea that he would do well in that spot. Um, But they put him back in the bullpen at the end of 2013. And then he had a decent 2014, 15 and 16. If you like that sort of thing. So uh, they they have that history of being able to cultivate the relief um, relationship with a pitcher, I guess, throughout time. But I I think if they're going to bring John Gray and I would be I would be surprised if he would agree to come on as a reliever. Yeah. Um, but that said, I, I think if you look at the Royals' current rotation, you know, is Brad Keller a long-term starter? Or is he better in the bullpen? Because he looks like the guy who can be a horse. Yes. But he hasn't pitched in September. <laughs> like like 20, well, has. Yeah, I guess 20, 2018, he threw 140 innings or something like that. And he pitched in September, but he started the year in the bullpen. 2019, they shut him down. They had to shut him down around the same time they had to shut him down this past season. So is he a guy you can count on for 33 starts? Or do you say, Hey, we're going to run you out there 70 times and gun it at 98. Maybe John Gray takes Keller's spot and Keller's the guy you move out there. Yeah. I, I, I tend to think I didn't write this in this article, but I think they're going to trade Mike minor. I think that there's enough. I I keep looking at the angels. I think they're going to do stupid things again. So, um, I think Mike Miners, the guy they go after, and 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 I think that there's going to be these spots because somebody's got to move to the bullpen. Maybe it's Brady Singer. I mean, look, he, I got, you know, he, I I have my doubts that he co- he will fit as a reliever, but I, they have so many options right now in the rotation that probably should be relievers already. That I think you can bring Gray in, and and hope you get that outside of Cores bump um, as a starter. And again, knowing. Hey this guy's got the stuff that if we want to put him in the 8th inning just to see and then see how it goes they can do that but I mm-hmm. I I just don't I'm not so sure that he would be willing to do it. I'm not sure he's willing to leave Colorado honestly. I yeah. mean up until a couple of days ago it's all been I want to stay I want to stay I want to stay and then all of a sudden you hear oh he turned down extension talks. Well yeah. Okay. Now that changes things a little bit but um yeah, he's, he's an interesting one. And I, I really like the idea of him in conference ADM and plus the Royals drafted him one. So they clearly liked him at some point enough that they wanted to yeah. draft him. So, well, you know, I think it's a possibility. And that's why I
1: wanted to bring that up because I, I know that they did have at least somewhat of a connection there. So I'm wondering if, if they could rekindle that in a way to, yeah. Hey, just come join us for, you know, re, restart your career, show that you got it or whatever. And then uh, it, it doesn't have to be a long-term deal, just something.
0: Yeah. Well, and what he's 20, 28, is I right? think so. Yeah. 28. Yeah. So, I mean, there, there are a lot of things working against it. Oh, he's actually 29 and he'll be 30 next year. Oh, okay. Or he he turns 30 in a week, actually. Happy birthday, John Gray, if you're listening. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but uh, even so, I think, I think he's the, the problem. Yeah. I, I would love to say, Hey, give him two years and 26 million and see what yes. happens. I I think he's probably going to get more than that, just based on, you know, there's there's not a lot of those middle ground pitchers this year. Um, so I, I think it's going to be a tough sled to get him at that, but I would love that deal. I, I know Jacob's chomping at the bit, that, but uh, I think John
1: Gray for me is like, and as as crazy as it sounds, I think he's like a perfect Oakland athletic. Like he just seems like a guy that would go to Oakland and just, Fit in well and do well, there. well yeah, but they're, they're going to trade everybody.
0: So, yeah, yeah, I mean, they, already, they already let Bob Melvin go. I, yeah. I don't understand yeah. that in any way, but I mean, I guess if, if, look, if Bob Melvin wanted to go, they're going to let him go. Um, but yeah, they and that that you know, goes back to the starting pitching. I don't think they're going to sign anybody, honestly. I think they're going to make a trade. I think it's going to be with Oakland, and <laughs> I think it makes a lot of sense there, but um. Yeah, I, I he, if the A's are if the A's do try to actually compete, John Gray and Oakland makes so much sense. You're right. Yeah, David. Looking at your list, uh, my my favorite guy going into the starters was actually Alex Cobb. Um, I feel like he's a realistic get for the Royals as well as he's a good he's a good band aid for for right now. Um, he's not. You know he's not going to blow you away with, with his stuff. He's certainly not an ace, but he actually really had a good twenty twenty one. You know, eight wins, a sub four ERA. Shoot, I'd I'd take that in the in the Royals' rotation. It, it was surprising when I looked at his numbers because you, he's been so up and down since he left Tampa that I I was definitely <laughs> I was. I I looked at the list and I I kind of looked at every player and I'm looking at Alex Cobb. And I'm going, oh, he's not bad. Oh no, yeah, okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's amazing how that works out, huh? Right. But I mean, please, if if you're listening, go check out David's article on this. He really breaks down all the best options for both starters and relievers. You got some old friends listed on there, especially in the in the relievers and. You Know one of my favorite things, it's honest, it's realistic. You know, I ain't, I'm not on the Royals are gonna get every top free agent and actually throw the bag at them. Well, hang on, so you don't think they're gonna bring in Scherzer Stroman and um Robbie Ray? <laughs> no,
1: <laughs> but, but maybe, at least you maybe, sure. What if,
0: what if they did? Like, seriously, I, I know this is such a stupid thought exercise, but at the same time. Like, what if they brought in those three? What would that, I I think, I like to think about these things. Like, what would it take to get to 95 wins from, you know, it's fun to say, oh, they need four more wins to get to their 95. No, what would it take to get to 95 from 74? And is, is it Scherzer, Stroman, and Ray over Keller, Miner, and singer, you know, those three, they don't add 21 wins, but how many wins do they add? I, I like to think about that sort of thing. And it's, it's like 10, 14. I don't know. I don't know what the number is, um, but it's just, it's, uh, that's that stuff's interesting to me to think about. Can I, can I, I love this.
1: Go for it. Uh, you know, I, I think about that stuff all the time too. And I honestly, I'm wondering if for me, it's about offense now. And right. because we're seeing all of pitching metrics go up, and it's just who can go out there and dominate when it really counts. And I, I like the idea, but for me, I would much rather see like an Anthony Rizzo go to in that first base, uh, us go out and just get some like Chris Bryant for like outfield. And then let's go attack it from that way. Sure. Um, because I think like if you're going to compete day in and day out by having that just potential to put up eight runs a game, your guys are okay to give up four to five and, then you have right. a you know our bullpen. I think our bullpen could completely be fierce uh, with oh. the guys that they could potentially put totally out there. Right. And, and I think that you know if that were the case, that's the approach I would go versus going and signing Max Scherzer to his whatever just insane deal he's going to get. <laughs> and and man, I just you know you
0: you just see it, it just the way these guys play the game this time. Well, and, and, and what's interesting though is you get it. It's like this. What helped the 2022 Royals versus what helped the 2025 Royals? Yeah. Because like you you use Anthony Rizzo, he's probably better in 2022 than Nick Prado. I don't know but probably, possibly. But does Nick Prado's 2022 allow him to be prime Anthony Rizzo in 2025. <laughs> and so yeah. there's that huge balancing act which I, oh, yeah. it's, it's really interesting to think about and and I mean you know they're not going to go out and sign Rizzo. Um, yeah. but it, that that that's a good example of which is which is better for the team. At this point I would tend to lean toward the 2025 obviously because yep. I don't think they're going to win in 22. Um not in a big way. I think I think it'll be around 500 probably but um yeah, that's really interesting though, because I, I think you're right, especially with all the pitching they have, yeah, in, in the system. But on the flip side, they've done so well with inc- with boosting their offensive development over the last couple of seasons that do you say we don't ever need to sign a free agent because our hitting instruction can turn anybody into a, a positive. And we haven't one one, we haven't seen them do it at the big league level yet. We've seen them do it in the minors. We haven't seen any of this hitting instruction translate to big league success, not because they failed, but because we just haven't had a chance to yet. These guys haven't gotten there. So that's if, if Prado and Wit, and Melendez and Isbell to a lesser extent, um, and these guys come up and they hit the ground running, suddenly you're looking at that and you go, okay, we don't need to sign a hitter ever. Like literally never need to sign a free agent hitter because we can develop this player Yeah. Throughout this. And so uh, there's, there's just so many variables with this team that I I don't envy JJ Piccolo honestly. (laughs) Yeah.
1: (laughs) I'd be curious to know your thoughts on this. Do you think that they need a James Shields? And what I mean by that is like, not necessarily the, the ace to go out there, but just that mentality to show this younger pitching, this is how we do things. This is how we did, you know, I'm just figuratively speaking, but like, this is what we started to do. And that, that's the transition we saw in 14 and 15. Like mm-hmm. we saw Duffy's mentality change. We saw a lot of those pitchers change. And like, I don't feel like that type of guy is there to just really like, Hey, this is how we do it. And this is what you need to be doing. And like getting kind of, you know, into you, if you're messing up. And I'm wondering if we just need to go get somebody like that to really fire this young group up, because, you know, like singer, it's a little bit where, I mean, we're questioning, is he going to stay in the rotation? And there's some things like that, where I think a James shields would just, you know, just be hounding on him type of thing. But I, you know, here I am going off on a tangent again, but (laughs) no, I mean, I I think that that's,
0: I I think that they need somebody and I I don't know that they need the guy who will tear him a new one. I don't know that Shields necessarily did that, but he kind of felt like he did. Um, I think that they they need somebody to lead the rotation because I think if you look at Lynch and Bubich and Singer and Kowar even I mean yeah he was historically bad but also the stuff you see the stuff it's not yeah. and then and another guy is Heasley and and Alec Marsh didn't get to pitch late he's going to be in the Arizona Fall League I think in a couple of weeks probably and and Lacy coming up and and all these guys you you probably got an ace in there. Um, or at least a legitimate number two that you can that you don't you pitch in a game one, you're not in a of a series, and you're not thinking, Oh, we're gonna get slaughtered. But nobody's done it in this rotation. <laughs> and and you can say Mike Minor, and he was a Cy Young candidate-ish in 2019, but also now we're three years removed from that, and he's had two five plus ERAs the since then. And yeah. Mm -hmm. You know, I, I don't know that he's that guy. I think he's the guy you get 180 innings from, which is great, especially in today's baseball. But yeah. So I do think they need somebody. The problem, I think the James Shields deal just kind of fell into their laps and I mean, they worked for it obviously, but I think it really worked out. The Rays were ready to move And I think that's, that's what you look at with the A's to me right now. They're ready to move some guys and that's Frankie Montas is the guy I keep bringing up. And I think he makes the most sense. Yes, he's not a James Shields leader. Um, and so there's some differences there, but I don't know who really is a James Shields leader anymore. Yeah. And real quick, one thing to top of my head, um, Dave, you were mentioning the uh, long relief and 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 stuff like that earlier. Mm. We don't I haven't seen this before the 2020 season when they expanded the rosters to 26 players, there was a stipulation that it was you could have a maximum of 13 pitchers. Well, with the COVID rules that fell off and then it didn't pick up in 2021, which I think was part of, Hey, we're, our pitchers were really overworked last year, underworked last year. So we want to keep, keep guys healthy. I think a lot of the way rosters are constructed depends on if they do go back to the 13 maximum, because in the Royals, we're carrying 14 pitchers at times which allowed them to do things differently. And a lot of teams were doing that. And so mm-hmm. it's hard to know if that's going to be the case. And I, I, maybe that's part of the CBA coming up. I don't know, but we don't know the answer to that right now. We, we really don't. And you're, you're right. That is kind of the asterisk on all of this right now is that CBA coming up um, in early December. So we will certainly be keeping an eye on that here. Uh, look, Lucas, I'm going to, I'm going to get on the, get on the dream train here with, with David. And if you have to do it by signing a free agent, I really only think the free agent that fits that James Shields bill is going to be Max Scherzer. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, he's, he's 37 year, years old though. And like, so, I mean, you're looking at really short contract, really high money if they want to show it out, but most importantly, he brings, Hey, I have been a winner everywhere I have gone. Yeah. And you can be too. This is how you do it.
1: Yeah. I mean, he's a dog too. You see it. He I mean, Guy's fierce on the mound. That would be, but that would be, that's the guy. I mean, that's truly the guy, but we just, it's not going to happen. <laughs> no, I mean,
0: he, no. <laughs> he, wants, he, he wants a ring and he's probably would not get one uh, from the 2022 Royals but you know, a, a man, a man can dream on, well, I am uh, David actually had, I'm going to leave that up to the readers, but David actually had a really good uh, caveat on that, uh, on that description. <laughs> uh, well, shoot, you know what? We're, we're already, we're already on the pitching rant. Why, why not just stick with it? Screw it. Um, David, you actually threw out a good trade that might fit that James Shields bill uh, trading with the Oakland athletics for Chris Bassett. Yeah, Uh, I mentioned him a while ago um, and forgot about Frankie Montas when I mentioned him. So, but yeah, either one. I mean, or Sean Mania, too, honestly. I mean, he's... Do you think they would package a deal? So the thing is, the the A's have, like, no young pitching in their system. Yeah. And the Royals are all young pitching. (laughs) And so... When, when you look at the two organizations, I, I I think you could see a pretty easy fit. And, you know, Royals fans, I, I bring up Jackson Carr again. Royals fans saw him and think he is the worst thing ever um, after wanting him so badly in early, in what was it, June? Early June when he <laughs> had the 0. 0.52 ERA or whatever it was in Omaha. And I don't say this to bash well, I mean, I'm a Rose fan, obviously, <laughs> but it's it's interesting because I think I think he's a couple of tweaks away from being really, really good. Can he make those tweaks? I don't know. I mean, that that's 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 the question, obviously, <laughs> with, with every young pitcher. But he he's the type of guy who once he figures it out, once something clicks, I mean, you've got that change up, that fastball. I think it works in Oakland. I mean, a lot of things work in Oakland as a pitcher, but um, I think that you have an opportunity to to really get a lot out of a guy. And and I think that I, I, I think there's a deal to be made with the A's just because of what they really, really lack in their system. Uh, I mean, to be fair, they lack almost everything in their system. Yeah. It's, it's a down system right now, but I think they'll get some of that back because they're going to trade Matt Olson. They're probably going to trade Matt Chapman um and and those those are guys that that'll bring back a decent haul and and maybe ramon laureano who i thought could be a royals target until they signed taylor to that two-year deal Um, and then laureano got suspended too i guess he got suspended first but um they're going to rebuild the system a little bit but very few organizations have the pitching depth the royals do and if and if the royals want if the Royals want Frankie Montas, if they want Chris Bassett, if they want Sean Manaya, whoever it is, if they want them, they've got the prospect capital to get them. Will they trade them? I don't know, but they have the ability to get any player they want. I mean, I can't remember which one it was. Baseball of America and MLB Pipeline had them three and five as organizational ratings. I can't remember which one was which, but either way, top five organization, you're gonna be able to get pretty much any player you want if you're willing to move the guys. They're not going to move uh, Bobby Witt. They're probably not going to move MJ Melendez. They might move Nick Prado because of Vinny Pascantino behind him. That's a possibility. I don't think it's going to happen, but it's more of a possibility, but it, they've got pitching. And, and and at some point you've got to say, okay, these are the guys who aren't going to make it. These are the guys who we like, but we're going to use them to bring back what we need. And, and I, and if they want to, they want to go get Bassett or Montas or Mania. The A's would have a hard time saying no to the Royals because any of the Royals' top like 13 pitching prospects are like the second best pitching prospect in Oakland. <laughs> so yeah. I, I think that there's a match there. I, I I very much agree, and you know I'm I'm personally rooting for Sean Manaya to to come back to Kansas City. I mean he was, he was involved in that Ben Zobrist trade way back when, so we we never really got to see him. Um at the at the major league level in a World's uniform. But he did have some really good moments in, down in the Carolina League uh, before he was traded. Uh, Lucas, what, what are your thoughts about trading some prospects with?
1: Man, I, I'm so torn because I know just the list that you named in your article. Like some of those guys, I'm just beyond excited about. Like right now, my favorite young pitcher is John Heasley. I mean, I'm just excited for what he he provides. I mean, we're seeing Carlos Hernandez, another guy I'm really excited about. is Ronald Blanos and what maybe he can become. And I mean, there's a lot of those types of guys, Angel Zerpa. I mean, I'm on Hill. excuse me, but I'm a huge fan of him. I mean, we just saw him come up and, and do what he has to do. So there's a lot of guys. And I think I want to see some of them just really get to the major leagues and maybe just have a moment and kind of determine that where we can get a gauge kind of like we did with Coar. Um, and then really make a judgment because like we said, we didn't get to see and I in a Royals uniform and that was a big anticipation. Like I was excited to see that and it just didn't happen. So, but I get why, and it, it did better things, but I'm hoping, I think I'm just torn and that's kind of my answer. Like, I understand it's a business and you have to move guys in order to make, you know, other players come here. And, but I would like to see our homegrown talent become something that's super relevant and we can sign our guys and, keep them through the system and develop them and they become major league players and make this a a dynasty type thing versus just a two-year run. And then we're starting over again.
0: Yeah. And that was, and you know, we, we can look back to the, to the early days of the leading up to the last world series, the Royals were involved in. um, And that, that's what fans really wanted. You know, we want some sustained, success and to see those guys stick around and retire Royals. And, you know, that, that didn't happen for most of them. Some, you know, hindsight is 2020. Some guys moved on and did pretty well for themselves. Some guys moved on and have absolutely crapped the bed for lack of better terms. Uh, but Shoot. That is, that is a whole nother rant. And we are not even <laughs> going to touch on that because we have already had about two or three rants on this. I ain't going to lie to you. <laughs> um, while, while we're on pitching, this is already a long podcast. So we're just going to keep the ball rolling right now. Uh David, what's your, what's your three minute take on Asa Lacey's performance down in the AFL? Yeah. I mean, I think it started in the instructional league. Um, I, I wasn't down there so I didn't get a chance to see him, but every, everybody I've talked to, um, Alec Lewis had a great, great article. I, I think it remember an article or series of tweets either way. Um, people were really impressed with, he cleaned up his delivery a little bit. Um, seems like he's still having some trouble with the strikes on a bit. Like today he three shutout innings, five strikeouts, but two walks. So, you know, not, not the best. Um, he's had two, two inning outings with one walk and, for three or four strikeouts in each of those. And he had one bad outing, but, um, I think it's been, it's been really encouraging. Um, I think to me, he's, he's the guy who you look at and you kind of forget about because he got hurt and he was in high AA and all that. And, but I mean, this is the guy, if, if you're going to have, we talked about the ACE, if there's going to be a pitcher in this organization, who is a Cy Young candidate, who is a, and starts the all-star game, all this stuff, I think it's going to be either Asa Lacey or Daniel Lynch. I mean, it's those two guys to me who are the they can be the number one. They might be nothing. They might, I mean, it's it's that that's the issue with pitchers, obviously. But like those are the two guys who could who have the ability to do it. I, I guess I should say Carlos Hernandez too, the way he pitched this year. But um, you know, Lacey, I'm I'm really happy to see him have the success that he has because. He is so important to the Royals' future. They need him to be good, and you know, to this point, he he wasn't this year because of control issues. But I think uh, I think mean, the the AFL is a really good start for him, and 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 hopefully, I think he's going to come to camp with a chance to win a job. He's not going to because they're going to say he has a chance. He doesn't really have a chance, <laughs> but um, but I I would not be surprised if he's in AAA by June and in the big leagues by August if things go well. So it, it's, it's really, it's really encouraging to see him take this next step to get, to get better and be a back on that track. Well, good. Yeah. That, that is very good to see from, from Arizona. Lucas, do you think we see him debut in 2022? Um,
1: Man, I think so. Um, I just, I'm still flabbergasted that the guy's touching a hundred from the left side because yeah. man, that's incredible. Amazing. But I, I do think that he will. Um, and kind of like, we're seeing a glimpse of him being able to do some things in two innings. And, and, uh, I think that's impressive in itself. So e- either way they're staging him for something. And I, and I like that. So, yeah, I, th- I think you do see him in 2022.
0: All right. Well, that is, that is certainly good to, good to hear. Um, David, honestly, that's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, we have, uh, we are hitting our, our time limit <laughs> on multiple platforms now at, at this point. Um, and for for our listeners you know we'll we'll have the link in the tweet and in the podcast description but you can find david's work um, on his substack inside the crown.substack.com you just sign up with your email and you get the newsletter right in your email every single morning well i mean Whatever less so David. in the off season. <laughs> I, I was moving last week. So it was I had one article, which was weird for me, but I'm back on track. <laughs> <laughs> no, but D- David, where else can folks find you at? Uh Royals Review. Um find me on Twitter at DB Lesky. You can hear me on 810 in Kansas City, but also I do uh in the regular season a weekly spot in Lawrence, Columbia, Wichita. Yeah. Um yeah. That's or playing poker at a casino. You might find <laughs> me there too. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, we're, 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 thinking more, uh, more social media here, but if I, if I want to go lose some money, I, hey, I if you want to meet me up at, at Harris, we'll, we'll play some, uh, <laughs> <laughs> some, some one, two, <laughs> you know, it so- sounds like a plan to me, you know, Lucas, you always got something going on over there on your social media, but where can folks find you at?
1: Uh, find me at Twitter. Uh, that's the big one. It's going to be the beat of KC, Um, and then a big, uh, I guess it's kind of a social media for me is my YouTube channel. I've been covering a lot of the Kansas city chief stuff. So head over there, check out the stuff on the over there. Um, and then the SIA network, obviously all the writing and everything that's going on. So uh, I'm kind of everywhere. The Twitter is going to be the main hub
0: for it all. Yes, sir. Sounds like a plan to me. And you could also see his Microsoft paint edits on the uh, gold glove finalists, <laughs> <laughs> but that is going to do it for us today. Please leave a like a subscription or a review on your respective platform. If you want to continue the conversation or just support the podcast, please give us a follow on Twitter at SIA Royal rundown. Again, I'm Jacob Milham. You can find me on Twitter at J mill Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi Originals, Howard High and Pass the Mic. Tubi, watch free. Thank you for listening. And until next time, go Royals. Join Tubi in celebrating Black History Month with the largest free collection of black cinema streaming every day of the year, including exclusive Tubi Originals, Howard High and Pass the Mic. Tubi, watch free.
1: You coming to bed, hon? Yep, honey, I'll be right there. Just got to turn out the light. Ow! 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 Ah.
0: Some things never change. Like your kids always leaving tiny toys on the floor for you to step on. And Geico saving folks lots of money on their car insurance.
1: Sweetie, I think I left the downstairs light on.
0: Please don't make me go.
1: 15 minutes could save you 15% or more.